0: Welcome to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, again, i just like to uh, just thank the worship team again. I mean, it seems like every time I come in with, with something on Sunday mornings, a heavy burden, or, or I'm struggling with something, as soon as they start, it feels like it just, it just drops off. So I just, I just want to give God the glory that I don't know if everyone in here knows how, how lucky they are to have a worship team like this one. You know they they put it all out there. they use their talents for God's kingdom and uh it's just amazing every week, so I just want to praise God for that this morning and it it It's always good too when uh when God confirms something and he confirmed it to me this morning through Adele because you know it, it was a struggle for me this week, you know when I found out that uh that I was teaching this morning and I was praying, asking the Holy Spirit to give me, just give me something to, to go off of, to give me some type of foundation where I could start praying into. And, and um, the, word that, the words that Adele spoke today was what he gave me. You know, So today, a lot of the things I might say might be repeated you might have already heard it this morning but i mean that's how that's how the holy spirit works i think he's preparing preparing this church he's preparing us as individuals he's preparing our hearts and minds for, to a bigger position cuz i know he's moving us into a different position this this next upcoming year and i think he's preparing us all for, for that so could uh you mind if i just pray before we get started here this morning uh, father god we just uh, we just thank you for your grace and your mercy lord god uh that the people that you use in this church, Lord God, I just lift them up to you, Lord. And I just thank you for their hearts and their minds, Lord God. And I just uh, I just pray the Holy Spirit to be in and through this message, Lord. I pray it's your message and not mine, Lord God. I pray if something needs to be changed, I pray it gets changed in the process, Lord God. So I just uh, I just pray for truth today, Lord God. I pray for your, your power and your grace and, and your, uh, your Holy Spirit just to be in and through this, this message. And I just pray this in Jesus' name. So when I, was, uh, when I was praying this week, um, the Lord kind of took me back to a few weeks ago when uh, Pastor, Julie, Pastor Julie was speaking and uh, the way she described the life of Joseph and how he held on to his dreams and then when Paul spoke of, uh, spoke of David and the way he faced his giants and faced his struggles and then Pastor Hannah talked about obedience even in the trials. You know, just like Adele said this morning that we might come to our trials and then complain, you know, and ask why, and a lot of us never get that answer why, because we are complaining, because we're not pressing into God. We're, we're seeking God's hand instead of his face. And I think if, if we read, read the words of that song that I was just saying, you know, it, he, that man wasn't praying for God's hand. He was just praying for his face. He wanted to, to know his character more. He wanted to know his reasons, the reason why uh, God was just working through him at that point in his life. And I think a lot of us are the same. You know, and uh when I look at the life of David or in the life of Joseph and I see Joseph and the way his brothers rejected him, you know, the way he was he was thrown in a pit, the way he was sold into slavery, the way he was thrown into prison for something he didn't do. The Lord put this question in my head, how did he do it? How did he hold on to his faith? How did he how did he have any kind of hope at all? It, especially at a young age and all the stuff he went through, and and then I uh I kinda of prayed into it and I, I believe that Joseph knew he was an answer. You know, he was an answer to what God was gonna do. And Joseph knew in his heart that's what that's what God was putting him through these things for. He was building this character in in Joseph, because he was gonna p- move his position up. He was gonna be next to the king. And I think a lot of us when we get into our, our trials and our battles in our life, we don't see ourselves as an answer. You know, we're searching for an answer. We don't see what God's doing in us. You know, and I think when we start seeing ourselves as an answer, and there's so many so many people in here are answers. This church is an answer to the region. This, the people in here are an answer to their family. There's a lot of chain breakers in this, in this congregation. You know, there's a lot of first generation people that are changing things for their whole family, not just for them, for the generations to come. And the enemy ain't going to sit back. You know, the enemy ain't going to sit back when he thought he had families. You know, he's going he's gonna to fight against that. But I just want to speak today of when he does come, when these, these trials do come, when these battles do come, that we know what we have to do. I think a lot of us hide. You know, Joseph didn't hide. When Joseph was in the pit, he knows he was God's man in the pit. When he was in prison, he knew he was God's man in the prison. He knew God was doing something. He didn't sit on his hands when he was in prison. He, he did what he could do in the position that he was in. He continually was obedient. He worked on himself. He was a leader. And just because he was in prison or in the pit doesn't mean he wasn't a leader. He knew his calling. He knew he was an answer then when Paul was talking about David a few weeks ago and uh, the way he faced Goliath, you know, and we all have different giants in our life and the way Paul talked about confessing the truth in that, you know, David didn't, he, I don't even know if David knew the power of Goliath because he was so focused on the power of his God. You know, he didn't care how strong his battle was. He didn't care how strong his, the giant was in his life because he knew who was behind him. He knew who was holding his hand. He knew who was walking with him. And it's so important to see that because it's easy to say it. It's easy to say it up here. It's easy to say it on Sundays. It's easy to praise on Sundays. You know, but Monday morning when it's, these struggles come, and it's going to look different for everyone, are we going to face that giant the way David is? We know God. Do we know that God's with us? Do we have it hope? Has God built a character in us yet to, to, just to get through? And the, the word that the, the Lord kind of pressed in on me this week was perseverance. And I don't know why, but I'm the type of person when the Lord gives me a word, I I, I love reading, I love studying and things like that. And I kind of, I looked up this word perseverance in the the Webster Dictionary first and it says continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failures, opposition, the action or condition or instance of perceiving and steadfastness. And what stood out to me with this definition was that continued effort. So I go back to David, I go back to Joseph, they had continued effort. They didn't they didn't just sit in their cells, they didn't just look at their giant and, and go with the crowd, because it could have been easy for David. It could have been easy for David to join the crowd, to sit back and complain. Already already feeling that loss, already feeling that 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 enemy was too strong. But David st- st- stood forward and he, he had that continued effort of following after God and, and knowing that he was with him. You know, in, in spite of difficulties, failures, and opposition, I mean, we all have that in our life. You know, we allow our past to come, the words that were spoken over us as, as, as kids or, or as young adults that you're never going to match up, you're never going to be this, you're never going to be that, you screw everything up, you touch, and when we walk into our battles, I, I feel like that, that stuff starts brushing back in. You know, so I think it's important, like them, them songs we, we sung today, you know, we are a child of God. You know, we are anointed. David knew his anointing. You know, he, he knew he was going to have struggles ahead, but he knew he was anointed. And everyone in here is anointed. But we have to walk in that anointing. We have to position ourselves to receive that anointing. And I know God has something for all of us in here. Because I've I've been here for around two years, and I've seen this church get attacked. You know, I've seen individually how people get attacked here. But I, every Sunday morning, I still see us pressing in. I still see us feel that we're we're seeking his face and I know he's going to show up cuz cuz just like Joseph and David he put a dream in a lot of people's hearts here and it's going to be it's going to happen you know but we have to continue to press forward we have to continue to use this perseverance that the lord says that we need in the midst of our trials to to get to that point where he wants us to be Don't point it that way Then I looked up perseverance in the, the life application Bible I have. And it says, there is an idea of energetic resistance, steadfastness under pressure, you know, endurance in the face of trials. The word perseverance refers to either confidence in or intense expectation of the power of the faithfulness of God who delivers his people, and it is closely linked to the idea of hope. And this definition really hit me because I don't know if I have that most times when I'm going through going through a battle or going through a struggle or facing an enemy. I don't know if I have that, that idea of hope all the time. So I think a lot of times, I don't know if it's for everyone, but I know for me, you know, pride sets in. I don't like asking for help. I think I don't want to bother God, you know, because in my head I don't think he needs to be involved in the little things. But he's telling us he has to be involved in everything because them little things become the big things that, that kind of drag us down. And I, and I look at this definition and I see that word expectation, you know, and I think a lot of people believe in God, but do they have the expectation, do they have the faith of, of knowing that he is going to do something in your life, that he is going to deliver you, you know, and he's not just going to leave you. Deliverance is, for me, deliverance sometimes is just a, a one-moment thing. People get delivered, but there's a responsibility that comes afterwards, and I think it, 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 it starts with perseverance, and it's understanding that he delivers our people, but we have to have that hope to move forward. You know, and I, and I see that confidence and intense expectation. Joseph had an expectation. Joseph had an expectation that he was going to save his family. He was going to save his people. That God was going to put him in a position to, to save a nation. And you look at David. David didn't go in facing Goliath. You know, I might win. Or I'm, even, I'm, not, I'm just being obedient. He had the expectation that he was going to win. He knew he was going to win. Could you imagine how our lives would change when we lose our job, when we have financial difficulties, when health situations come our way or marriage problems or kid problems or whatever it is, could you imagine if we had the expectation, knowing that God was just using this to build our character, to build us up, you know, how things would change? And that's, and that's my biggest point today is, is to know that God' expectation is important. You know, we have to expect God to show up because if we don't expect God to show up, I mean, what are we here for? You know, to, to feel good. You know, hope, hope isn't wishful thinking. Hope isn't optimism. Hope is it, a fact. You know, if we, if we really believe in the hope of God, it's a fact that he's going to do something. But we have to be obedient. We have to walk into his presence. We have to position ourselves to be filled up. I think a lot of times we, we lose that. Our, a lot of times our hope is in ourselves. Our hope is in our families. And a lot of times they fail us. So I think it's important when we, we look at perseverance, because I had it all mixed up. You know, if I look at my life, I thought perseverance was just, was just getting through the storm. You know, locking, locking my house up, locking myself up until the storm passed and maybe keep peeking my head out the window to see if, it's, if it got clearer out there yet. And we don't learn nothing through that, so you know what's gonna happen. I even think Brad, Brad said it one time at a, a, men's, a men's group in the annex that always stuck with me. He said, you're either walking into a storm, you're in a storm or you're walking out of one. I think a lot of times that, that cycle just lasts longer and longer when, when we don't have this. And we don't have the hope of knowing that when we're in the middle of the storm that God's doing something. He's stirring something up in us. He's making us an answer not only to ourselves, but he's making us an answer to the people around us. You know, so many of us don't know our why. You know, David knew his why. David knew why he faced Goliath because he was, he was anointed. He was going to be king. Joseph knew his why when he was in prison. He God worked that all out, as Pastor Julie spoke about. Everything everything Joseph went through, there was a reason behind it. There was a next step. There was a process that that he was going through to get him to the point where he was sitting next to the king and he was going to save his nation. So I I just want to hit on that point, that that answer, that that uh um, knowing your position and having that idea of hope. You know, the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life, and it's it's so important. I lived, I lived most of my life, you know, trying to do things on my own. I didn't have re- really any hope. I just wanted to survive. And I think a lot of us are like that. When, when things come crashing into our life, we just want to survive. But I think the Bible tells us we have to thrive in these situations. If we look at the people that God used, they've thrived through their, their struggles. You know, and they, and they always bring other people with them. They always save someone in a process. So when we're looking at this, I think it's just important to see that, do we really understand what the Bible says about perseverance? You know, what he's really trying to do and having that expectation. Because I remember, you know, early on, not even early on, when I was about 20, 22 years old, uh, when I first started, first started trying to get clean and and get sober, uh, I was doing it for, I wasn't doing it for myself, I was doing it for other people, but I kind of jumped into AA and NA and all these different things, and I tried to do the right thing, and they told me I had to turn my will and my life over to God. You know, and I said, that's fine. I, I, I could do that. That only took me a second to answer that question because when I was in control of my life, it was a mess, so I'll turn it over to whoever. It didn't matter. But the problem was with that, I didn't have any expectation of him showing up. No, you know, I didn't have, when I turned my will over to him, I didn't think he was going to do anything. I believed in God, but I didn't have faith in it. I still thought I had to do it. And I constantly lost that hope. You know, as soon as something came my way, I knew how to escape to it. And my escape or my symptom of my shame and the spirit of rejection that I felt at a young age, or the words that were spoken to me at a young age, you know, my symptom was drugs and alcohol, but I think we all have different symptoms. You know, whatever pain we feel, we go through, if we don't go to God, we're going to go to something else. You know, and it might be some other behavior, it might be isolation, it might be despair. It might be hurting other people. I've seen that throughout my life where someone's going through a battle and a struggle and the only thing that makes them feel better is to hurt somebody else, to bring someone down with them. So I think it's important to see what our symptoms are. If we don't have hope, we have some other type of symptom that's that's uh, that we run to, that we escape to. And I think God's calling it out of, out of, that, out of that hiding. So he wants us to have this perseverance, this expectation in Him. And uh, the first that kind of... Hit me this week was from Romans. Romans 5, 3. It says, But we also rejoice in our suffering, because we know the suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by his Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. And this, I think this is the process that David and, and Joseph and the disciples all went through. You know, they went through their suffering and they built this, this perseverance which produced this character in them that produced this hope through the Holy Spirit. You know, but we have to accept the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of us are afraid of the Holy Spirit. I think a lot of us don't know what the gifts of the Holy Spirit are. And, we, and the one biggest thing about the Holy Spirit that I've learned in my life is that he just doesn't comfort. He just doesn't counsel. He just doesn't give, give you assignments. He convicts you. He brings this conviction upon us, and if we're in this battle and we're not, we're not chasing after God, we're not chasing after his, his face, and we're, we're not building his character in us, when he begins to, to convict us, and we don't know where to take that, you know, we're going we're gonna to go deeper in that pit, that same pit that Joseph was in. Instead of elevating ourselves out of it, we're going to start digging deeper. We're going to start isolating more. So I think it's important to see this, this process that the, the, word, the Word tells us, that our perseverance is going to produce a character. You know, what is character? You know, a lot of people think character is your personality, but your character isn't your personality. Your character is your inner being. Your character is what makes you unique between, uh, against everybody else. It makes you different. And God wants to use us all in different ways. You know, he had 12 disciples for a reason. They were all going to reach diff- different people. They all had different gifts. I think it's the same thing here. When we go through our trials corporately, when we go through our trials individually or as a family we have to start looking at what God's trying to do. What kind of character does he want to, want to build out of us because he has something bigger for us? And this, this hope doesn't disappoint because he poured out his love in our hearts by his Holy Spirit, whom he gave us. So many of us work for the Holy Spirit, work to try to get it. How do we get it? You know, we have to be obedient first. We have to change our ways first. We have to change our thinking first. But he said he gives it to us. A gift isn't earned. You know, so many of us try to earn God's favor. So many of us try to earn, earn our identity in Christ, but he's given it to us. You know, we try to work our way into his presence. All we have to do is be still, like that song said. All we have to do is bow down. All we have to do is praise him and, and walk into his presence. He, he wants us the way we are. You know, he doesn't want us fixed, you know, because we're never going to fix ourselves anyways. So I think it's important when we look at this first that he is going to put things in our path but he gives us the strength to get through it. But we have to accept that strength. You know, so many people blame God for things that happen. And the first thing I ask them, would you feel like you were in God's will when these things were happening? You know, do you feel like you surrendered over to God's will or you're still doing things your own way? And that's okay if you were doing things your own way because he's going to get us through the consequences of our sin as long as we turn to him. And these consequences are going to change us. Are going to give us wisdom, not just knowledge that the world talks about. It's going to give us the wisdom to to understand what He's trying to do, because we know that you know struggles are coming. You know He doesn't promise us that we get saved and we receive the Holy Spirit and our struggle, our battle's over. You know He He tells us right here, "We I prepare a table." You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You know, that tells me that he just doesn't provide in the good times. You know, he's going to put us in the face of our enemies because he wants us to be overcomers. How do we become overcomers if everything's going good? How do we become overcomers if we're just hiding, if we're just, we're just pushing everything down in our life? We're, putting up, we're boarding up our house, not letting any light in. Because a lot of us can get com- comfortable in the darkness. I know I can I know I can get in that comfort zone if I don't have people around me push, pulling me out of it, you know, and I could fall into that pretty easy. But he says he, he prepares this table for us. You know, when I, when I think of that, um, it's the same thing. He got this table prepared for us in the middle of our enemies, but it's, it's up to us to pull that seat out and to sit down and, to, and receive that offering, to receive that precision. Because just like Joseph and David, they knew their position. A lot of us don't know it today. You don't know, we don't know what he's trying to do in our life. He don't, we don't know that our identity truly is the, what it really means to be, have our identity in Christ. You know, He actually died for me, not just for everyone. He died for me. And I, I look at this and are we pulling a chair out at the table? Are we sitting down with our enemies but knowing that God is sitting next to us, knowing that he is providing with us? Because it doesn't say he's just going to provide a little bit. He says my, my cup overflows. And the overflowing is something that I always pray for. You know, because... I, you know, I look at my life, and when I came out of my addiction, I felt like I was doing all the good stuff. You know, I had this, I dumped everything out. I dumped my past out. I forgave people. I made amends. I, uh, you know, physically, I felt better. Mentally, I felt better. And I started just dumping all this stuff out on people, and things started going good. But I noticed something that, even if I was holding this a cup of dirty water right now, if I dumped out that dirty water, is that cup clean? And I, and I noticed in my own life, I dumped a lot of stuff out, but I still wasn't clean inside because I didn't, I didn't receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't, I didn't uh, position myself underneath God's love to, to, to wash that cup clean. If I would have took that cup and put it under fresh water underneath my sink and let it continually run and run through and watch that overflow, eventually that cup's going to get clean, but I missed that. I missed that for for most of my most of my life because I was trying to do it on my own. I was trying to hide. You know, I was trying to do it for other people. You know, I was trying to do it for worldly things. And I think God showed me it took a long time to to actually figure it out for me. Cuz I got clean when I was 26. I didn't get delivered till I was 33. And it was this process right here that I got that deliverance. You know, because I was so empty. You know, I remember the first three, four years of my sobriety, I was worse off than I was when I was using because I didn't have that escape anymore. I couldn't hide anymore. You know, my cup was empty. God, God got, I think the Lord got rid of everything, but he was waiting for me to position myself to, to see that I was an answer because I'd never seen myself as an answer because, you know, from a young age, I was told I wasn't going to amount to nothing. You know, I wasn't going to finish school. You know, I, I'd never be a good husband, I'd never be a good father. All these words come, came rushing in, and, and I used alcohol and drugs to cover that up. Now I didn't have that anymore, so my cup was empty, and I didn't know where to, to, to fill it up at. So I allowed all these lies of the enemy to come back in and fill this cup up, and I was worse off clean and sober than I was when I was using. You know, I was 33 years old, and I was back into despair. My marriage was a mess. You know, Depression set in. I didn't know where to turn. The old behaviors would come back. I'd started isolating, pushing everybody away, and I didn't know where to turn. But just like Romans 8.28 says, right? And we, and we know that all things work out for the good of God, for those who love him, who has been called according to his pers- uh, purpose, because adversity does create opportunity. You know, God delivered me from, from my addiction when I was 26, but that was just the beginning. Just like the, just like when God delivered the, the Israelites from Egypt, they seen him work. They seen God work in front of them. They, he did the miracles. He split the Red Sea. They get into the Promised Land, and what they do? They started complaining. They started asking, "This is all you have for me? This is all you?" I thought it was going to be easy now, and that's how I felt. As long as I wasn't using or wasn't wasn't drinking, everything was going to be easy. But I found out that you know. I had that that deliverance from from my addiction but I wasn't delivered from all the other stuff in my life. I wasn't filling myself up with anything. I still didn't have a purpose. I didn't have a hope. I didn't see myself as an answer. I didn't see myself as as anything but someone who was clean. And that was just that was just my story, but I know we all have different things that that we've been delivered from. You know, past abuse, you know, past hurts, grief, loss, all these things that God has delivered us from, moved us, moved us out of them areas in our life, the emotions and the, the failures that we faced. But I think we lose sense of that. You know, we, we lose sense of, of the things he, he saved us from, and we begin to fall back into that pit. You know, so it's important to see that we need that overflow. We need that anointing. We need to understand that we are anointing, that everyone in here is an answer. You're an answer to your own questions, and you're an answer to people around you. And when we walk in that anointing in and that, in that overflow, you know, I think we start seeing that. And, and the Holy Spirit is a gift. You know, at, ask for him to come in, but we have to leave room for him. I think a lot of us don't leave room for him because we still want to do things our own way. When that conviction comes, when that comfort comes, when that word comes, we need, we need that obedience. If we don't have that obedience, we're just, we're just pushing them back down. So I think in, in our battles, and our struggles, we have to build this perseverance. We have to know we have a hope. We have to know we're anointed and we we have to want our cup to overflow. We have to position our cup. We have to position ourselves in a in a in a place where God's going to overflow because if he doesn't overflow, that cup's going to get empty again and we're going to fill it up with more junk. So this is a verse that always that came to me a few years ago and it really it really stood out to me about this whole process of being emptied out and It's in Luke 11, 24 to 26. It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places, seeking rest and not finding any. It says, I will return to my house from which I have came. And when it comes, it, it finds it swept and put in order. When it goes, it takes along seven other spirits, more evil than itself, and they go in and live there And the last state of this man is is worse off than before. And this was my life right here. This was it. You know, the Lord Lord delivered me from that that unclean spirit of addiction. I swept my life up. You know, I put things in order the way I thought it was. You know, financially, I was more responsible. I was a better father. I was a better husband. All these things I was doing, I I felt like I was doing the right thing. But there's one thing that this guy missed. He never replaced anything. He never replaced that, that spirit with the Holy Spirit. He was empty inside. That spirit came back. That evil spirit came back and said, there's more room now. He's, he, he's got more room. He's sitting idle. There's more places I could fill. And the, and the them evil spirits came in and just, flood, just rushed into this guy. And now he, ha, he was even worse off than before. And that was, that was my life. I think a lot of us could relate to that in one way or another. You know, we, we think we're doing the right thing. We get rid of a lot of things. We ask people to pray for us. We get rid of the, the spirit of rejection. We get rid of the spirit of fear. But do we allow the Holy Spirit to take the place of that, or are we going to pick something else up? Because it's easy for us to pick things up. You know. And, and the little things that we don't give to God become the big things that, that just, that just makes, makes us out like the same thing this guy went through. And I think the Lord's really trying to show us something here that what are we filling, filling ourselves up with? What are we sp- filling this church up with? You know, if we we pray against distraction, we pray against all these other things that that attack a church, you know, what are we filling the church back up with? Are we filling it back up with a program? Are we filling it back up with more things to do? Or are we filling it with the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to guide it? So I think that's the biggest thing we have to do because even in, I know a lot of people in here serve, and even in our service, we can get emptied out. Now, I've been times in my life where I, I was in so many different ministries and doing so many different things that it emptied me out. I was, thought I was doing the right thing, but I thought because I was serving, I was listening to the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't him. It was me. It was my pride wanting to, wanting to be seen, wanting to do this, wanting to do that. And I didn't allow the Holy Spirit to, to work in that, and I got worn out. I got burnt out. Th- these other spirits came in and, and tormented me. You know, I couldn't sleep at night. I was wondering what I was doing wrong. And it was because I wasn't pressing into God's God's face anymore. You know, I was just working. I was just doing this and doing that. And I think it's important to see wherever we could relate in our life to this. Whatever God has delivered us from, what have we rep- replaced that that deliverance from? Because I I know God is a God of deliverance, but I think He's a God of correction. I think He's a God that's going to point things out with, to us. And if we don't, if we don't change it right away, he's going to use more things and it's going to get deeper and we're going to get deeper and we're going to get deeper and hopefully we have that perseverance hopefully we have that, that hope and that character in us to, to pull ourselves out or it's going to get bad and it says unfilled complacent people are easy targets and, it, and it's so true the enemy's looking for this because if he could find an empty person in your family, if he could find an empty person in his church and fill fill that person up or what he wants to, to wreak havoc, he's going to use that to attack the believers that are filled up he's going to use that to because if the enemy can't get in us and, and change our way of thinking, he's going to make us busy and when he makes us busy, it's usually for people that that we need to pray for because they're not filled up yet because they're 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 the target that the enemy's going to go after and I love this translation the voice translation. It says, I will ask the Father to send you another helper, the Spirit of truth, who will remain consistently with you. The world does not recognize the Spirit of truth because it does not know the Spirit and is unable to receive him. But you know the Spirit because he lives in you and he dwells in you. I will never abandon you like orphans. I will return to you. And I think this is... This is wh- where it all happens right here. You know, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God is with us in, when, when we are in our sin? Do you believe he's trying to, 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 to get our attention? You know, as I think a lot of us feel like we've been abandoned. You know, I, I have felt like I've, I've been abandoned, even when I'm doing the right thing, because my identity was screwed up. You know, I didn't see my anointing. I didn't see myself as an answer. I didn't know my position in the kingdom of God. And so I felt like I was abandoned. I felt like I wasn't wanted. I felt like I was useless. That I couldn't be. That I was. That I couldn't be used anywhere. That I couldn't p- provide for a family. That I couldn't raise kids. And all these things come come rushing in on you, and it empties you out. But if but if you look at this verse, the Spirit of Truth comes in. The Helper comes in. He comes in to fill us back up and to, to give us this guidance. You know, and I think a lot of us have felt like we we're orphans before. We felt like uh the world has given us up. We feel like God has has left us. But if we read these verses today, He hasn't left us. We we pushed him away. You know, so it's important if you feel today that that you need that overflow, God can use what you have and and continue to, to, to regrow it. I I I Adele talked about Elijah, and the story of Elijah that always hit me was when When Elijah was starving, when Elijah Elijah had no water, God sent him to a widow. And this widow only had a little bit of oil left and a little bit of flour left. And when Elijah came up to her, all she had was a few sticks in her hand. And Elijah comes up to her and says, uh, you know, give me something to drink. And she goes, get something, get some something to drink. And then she says, give me a loaf of bread or a piece of bread. And she says, I can't. Because her last little bit she had left, she was going to have her last dinner with her with her children and then they, then they were going to die so I think when we kind of know the story that it says in the, in the scripture that the Lord already directed her to feed Elijah before he even got there. I think we have that in our life too the lord- is directing us on what to do, so when that person of God comes in when that that answer comes in we have to we have to be obedient to that because we know the story where she, she feeds God's man first, and then every morning she wakes up, it constantly gets, gets refilled. And it doesn't mean the drought in the land was over. It doesn't mean the famine was over. It doesn't mean her crops, her animals came back to life and her crops started growing. She was, still, she was still surrounded by a famine. She was still surrounded by a drought, but her home was blessed because she was obedient. Her home, she had enough to provide for her family and Elijah. And I think a lot of us look at ourselves like that, that we don't have enough that we're not worthy, we're not qualified to do, do different things, but God wants to use our, the little that little we do have to continue to, to produce it, you know, to, to, to serve other people, to feed other people no matter what we have. And I think that's where this outpouring comes from because Elijah is the same guy who called down fire from the sky, and God, God uses a, a widow woman to feed him. You know, It's pretty powerful if you think of that. You know, I think we're, we're, our lives are the same way. We're looking for the big things to happen. We're looking for the big position to come forward for us. But it's the little things that we have to do first. You know, and we, we empty ourselves out before the Lord. And we, I see it all the time, and I've done it a hundred times. We come to the altar and surrender something. You know, and we think we're delivered from it. We go outside and we become complacent again. We become unfilled again, and we pick it back up, no matter what it is. So before we leave, we have to make sure we're asking for that outpouring. We're asking for the, the Holy Spirit to fill us up to fight against the trials and the tribulations that are coming our way because they're coming. You know, the Lord doesn't promise that they're not coming, but he promises that he's going to give us the strength to get through, he's going build to a, build a character in us. You know, and I believe that today, you know, especially after that, that worship service and, and uh, Adele's word that the Lord is, is talking to someone today, I know he's, talk, he's been talking to me all week about this because I always pray for that overflow and I'm I'm just asking the Lord to give that overflow this morning. Whoever feels like they're, they've are they been in the, in the wilderness for 40 years, 40 days, 40 minutes, the faster we're obedient, the faster he's going to show up and get us out of it. The faster we're obedient and ask for the Holy Spirit to come in, the faster we're going to get out of this trial because he's got a different position for us. You know, we've all had dreams as kids. We all had thought we knew our purpose, but God has corrected us in in this path, and we're here today knowing that God still has a purpose for us. He still has something for us, that everyone in here is an answer to something, no matter how big, no matter how small it is, because the Bible says he takes our weaknesses and makes it our strength. Paul continually prayed to take that thorn from his side, but the Lord said his grace is sufficient. So we, we don 't have to fix ourselves first tomorrow in these trials we don 't have to fix ourselves first to get this overflow that the the Lord in the, the word of God talks about. We just have to be obedient we have to come before him and we have to position ourselves underneath the, the living water that he offers us and as that living water pours in us we 're going to get clean we 're going to get strong we 're going to build this character up that god's going to going to use us and keep moving us up in his kingdom and his strategies so I just wanted to I just wanted to to pray deliverance over this house today, but I also I think deliverance is just the starting point. At least for me, deliverance was the starting point. The biggest thing was the discipline and that the Lord wants to, wants to bring us. I was talking to Reno last night and he was talking about the military and how the training comes and the discipline comes. You know, and I think I think that we get babied, you know, as Christians. We get babied a lot. I know I got babied. You know, people tell me it's okay. They'll pray for me, say it's going to be okay. I don't have to do nothing. The Lord's going to do it. And I think I'm I, today I see it totally different. You know, when I walk into that, if I would have walked into my deliverance at 26 years old, I would have been in a much better place than I am today because I wasted seven years trying to do it on my own. So I, I, just, I just pray that we recognize that, that the Lord is going to train us. He's going to build his character up in us because there's going to be other struggles coming. How are we going to pull someone else out of the pit if we can't, sitting in there with them you know and so I just pray for that deliverance over the house today and I pray for that discipline I pray for that that we do continually seek his face and not just his hand and I ask for the Holy Spirit to kind of just to pour into people today because it's all about the overflow so we need that we need the overflow no matter how no matter what we've been through no matter what we go through if we don't have the holy the overflow of the holy spirit we 're going to fill it with something else so I just want to Ask anyone if if they need prayer today, if they need, uh, if they've been in a struggle for 40 years, 40 minutes, 40 seconds, if they need anything today, they feel like uh, they don't know where to turn, they don't know what their why is, they don't know what kind of answer they should be for the Lord, I pray that they just come up to the altar today and just allow one of the elders or pastors and and prayer team to just lay hands and come in agreement. Because David, David and Joseph were no one special. They were just obedient. They were were just anointed by God, and they walked in that anointing. So I just pray for that anointing today. I pray that we see that the Lord can use anybody, but we have to face our giants. We can't allow our pastor just to face the giant. We have to face it ourselves. We can't allow just our parents to face the giant. We have to to face them ourselves, but we have to know that and have that expectation in us that God is going to show up. So I just... uh, just ask the prayer team to come up. And if anyone, anyone needs prayer today, to, to get out of that wilderness, to dig yourselves out of that pit, if they need that overflow, if they feel like the Holy Spirit has even left them, you know, we need a fresh outpouring constantly. We need this fresh outpouring to fight against addiction. We need this fresh outpouring to fight against the abuse that we faced, the pain, the hurt, the financial situations, whatever it is. We, we, need, we need the healing from it. We need the Holy Spirit to work, work in and through that. So, Father God, I just uh, we just thank you for this morning, Lord. We thank you for your words, Lord God. I pray that uh, at least one person heard something today, Lord God, that could encourage one person to, to get out of the pit, Lord God, to ask for help, Lord, to not allow pride to, to, to set in, that we can't do it by ourselves, Lord God, that the armor of God says that uh, we, we need to hold up the shield, Lord God, but that shield becomes so much stronger when it's linked with other people. You Notice know, the, the armor of God only protects the front of us. But when we come together as a, as a, as a church, Lord, and as, as believers, and then we, we just lock our shields together, Lord, the enemy cannot touch us, Lord God. So I just pray that over this church today, Lord God. And I just uh, pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Point Podcast. For more information, please visit us online at citypoint.tv or our Facebook page, City Point Church.